It's not every day I get to preach in Sunday morning in tennis shoes and a t-shirt, but a good friend of mine of ours in Arkansas uh, is uh, Jason and Catherine Barnes, and a few weeks ago, uh, she had on the t-shirt that I saw her post, and it said, Hope Dealer, and I was like, we're in about to do a series called There's Hope. Where can I get one of those shirts? And uh, they sent me one and uh, just said, hey, be blessed with it. And I'm like, I'm wearing that preaching when I'm in the middle of that service. So we are all called to be hope dealers. Amen. And so I don't get to preach like this all the time, uh, but I get to today. Amen. So as we jump in, let's do this. Every week we, we pray for another body of Christ. Uh, we are not just concerned about boomerang and about our body. We are in a body that's the best. We're not the best, we're a part of the best. And so we don't just pray for us. We pray for every part of the body. And this morning, I really felt like we were supposed to uh, pray for Training Terrain Ministries and Dr. Maddie Price. And if you know her, uh, she's been ministering for a long time, sweet lady. And uh, let's just lift her up this morning, okay? Uh, pray for her like you would like to be prayed for. Will you agree with me? Amen. Lord, right now, we just lift up Training Terrain Ministries. May your blessing and outpour and fall on that training to reign, Lord. According to your will, let it be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right now, Lord, we just ask that your blessing would just start to, to churn inside of Dr. Maddie. That new vision would rise up. A new anointing and new life rise up in her. Let it come out and let people even have this testimony. I've never seen you move in the power of God and the love of God like that. And anything that is designed to come against that ministry in Jesus' name, we bind it up now. No fiery dart, every fiery dart will be quenched and no weapon form shall prosper. But all evil will be dispelled from training to reign, from Dr. Maddie, from the leadership. And Lord, let the families and training to reign that are a part of that ministry, Lord, let them be blessed. Let them be blessed at home with their kids, in their jobs. Let your blessing and your love manifest in them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Let's turn to uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1. First Timothy chapter 1. I think I went too far. Yep. Go to Hebrews and go left. Amen. Or go to, you know, Genesis and turn right. You'll get there eventually. First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 1. And we've been talking about there's hope. And I hope that you have started to get it inside of you that no matter what I face, there's hope. There's hope in God because God is hope. And for us to say that there is no hope is to say there is no God. Just think about that for a second. If God is the God of hope, for us to say that there is no hope is saying there is no God. And while you may agree with me in your words, do your actions say there's hope? Or do your actions say there's no hope? What do our actions say? What does our thinking say? Do we say there's hope? 
Or do we say, I don't know if there is or not. I wish. Maybe luck will fall my way. That's what this whole series has been about, so that we will get over the hump where we won't question whether or not there's hope anymore. But there is hope. And one of the things that we've looked at is that, that man, the devil is after your hope. He's after your hope. We're going to look at that some more in detail, but one of the major points we're going to talk about today about that. Why is the devil after your hope? And one of the major things that God wants to get in you is hope. Hope. Let it rise up inside of you. Let it rise up now. Let all the junk of the world, the problems, the whatever, let it fall off of you and receive from the hope of God. God, you are a God of hope and right now I might not feel hope, but I receive it by faith from you. See, a lot of times that we're going and living off of feelings, and the reason why we're not living with hope in our lives, even though we may say that there's hope, and we may say that there's a God, a lot of times we don't live that because we're living more by feelings than we are by what God has said. God put it this way. He said, let God be true and every man a liar, including your feelings. Your feelings can lie to you. Your feelings can get you all mad at somebody for doing something they never did. Feelings can take you right to that place. I mean, not y'all. Not, not y'all, but, you know, other people. Not us. But our feelings can take us right to that place, and they never did anything. Our feelings can take us to the place where we cannot... We don't see the light at the end of the tunnel anymore. Our feelings can take us there. Our thoughts can take us there. And all of a sudden, we, we're supposed to be hope dealers. We're supposed to be producers and carriers of hope. And we're like, where's the hope at? See, we need to get over the hump and get on the other side where God lives, where we realize that there is hope no matter what I see, no matter what I feel, no matter how dark it is or how deep my hole has been, there's hope in God. Because God is a God of hope. And to say there is no hope is to say there is no God. But see, we, we don't just need to realize that, but we need to walk in that. But we need to go beyond that and get to the place where we say, you know what? I'm pretty sure after reading through some of this word of God, the will of God, the plan of God, as a believer, we have a responsibility to hope when it feels like there is none or when it feels like there's a lot. I have a responsibility to hope. Let me tell you, I've had some times uh, as a pastor uh, that people have come up to me and uh, they're like, Pastor, would you please pray for this? And then me, in my head, I'm going, this is not going to happen. Oh my goodness, why did they ask me? I don't even want to pray this prayer. That is not going to happen to them. That's so messed up. <laughs> That's the truth. It's so messed up. And I, I've prayed before. Why? Because I have learned that in God there's always hope. 
And I've prayed when I'm just sitting there going like, this is not going to happen. I don't even know why we're praying. Because even if they get it right, they don't, they don't know how to have faith. I know, I've seen them. They don't know how to have faith. I know what level they're at. How in the world? Why? What is going on, God? That meant, is that shocking some of y'all? No? That's good. It's real. It's glass house. But I'll pray because I've learned that there's hope in God. And that no matter how I feel or how they feel or what level they're at, God is a God of hope. God is a God of hope. And I've got a responsibility to hope even when I don't feel it. And I've prayed before and I've seen that that person, you know, they walk through life and they completely miss it and it doesn't come through. But I'll tell you this, at least 50-50, probably more, I'll pray and, and guess what happens? Hope shows up. Because I moved on hope when I didn't feel it. I moved on hope when I wasn't thinking it. And I found out that God is a merciful God and He gives us hope even when we don't deserve it. He gives us something to hope for no matter if we're doing it right or doing it wrong. No matter what, God is a God of hope. And for me to say that it's not going to happen is to say and declare that God is not God. And He is. And He declares Himself a God of hope. So I don't care who you are or where you're at. God is a God of hope. And as believers, we have a responsibility. And now I've learned when I feel that, I just, I just say, hey, let, we, we've been talking about the two parts of life. And part one is, is receiving the love of God. And I just, I believe in the reception of the love of God. No matter what that person's doing or how I feel about it or how they feel about it, God, you're a God of hope. And now I just pray. Now, sometimes the Lord will say, don't pray that. And if he says, don't pray that, I ain't praying. But if he doesn't say, don't pray that, and they come asking, I'm going to pray in hope that God is the God of hope. And he'll come right down because I've learned that when I pray that prayer, the God of hope will show up, whether I'm feeling it or not. I've told you the, the story before where when the power of God, you know, when I started ministering to people, you know, the first time I ever prayed over anybody, I didn't have the experience of feeling the power of God coming through me. I've never done it before. The first time I laid hands on somebody, I, I don't remember if I felt it or not. But eventually, I just believed that whether I felt something or not, God would move. And all of a sudden, he started moving and power of God started moving. He'll work the exact same way in your life. That's not just, you know, pastors. He, you are a believer. It says those that believe will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They'll do all kinds of stuff. Believe in God. Believing in the God of hope. They'll do it. It'll happen. And so, but eventually I was praying for people. Man, I started to feel it. I could feel it sometimes in my hands. I could feel it moving through me at different times. And uh, for several years when I'd pray over people, I would sense it. I would feel it, you know. And then all of a sudden I was sitting there and one day I went for pray and I'm like, Where'd it go? What happened? Where, where's the power at? Where's that feeling? And I learned by that time that I am not to be moved or led by feelings. I'm to be led by the Word of God, by the Spirit of God. 
And the Holy Spirit, whether I felt it in my body or not, the Holy Spirit told me to believe God and pray for people to be restored. My job was to minister. And so without any feeling for about a year and a half, two years, every time I prayed, nobody, I didn't feel it. I didn't feel anything. And during that year and a half, two years, here's the testimony that came back. That's the most power I've ever felt in my life, Pastor. I'm like, maybe I don't need to feel it more, you know, because I had more testimonies in that period of time when I wasn't feeling a thing. This is huge because we start to realize that this is real whether you feel it or not, whether you're thinking it necessarily or not, God's word is still true. And although your feelings and your thoughts may lie to you, his word will not. Let God be true in every man and every part of a man. Feelings, thoughts, emotions be a lie if necessary. But God's word is true. And if we are believers and he is the God of hope, we have a responsibility as believers to put on hope whether we feel it or not. Matter of fact, that hope in the middle of a situation where you're not feeling hope may be the only thing that brings the people out. You know, look at, look at Paul. Let, let's look at this. This is not in the... Go to Acts 27 real quick. Acts 27, I think it's verse 20 or around there. Yep. It says this in verse 20. It says, now the situation is Paul's on a boat. Uh, think about this. He's a prisoner going to Rome to be tried. He had already... <laughs> I feel like we should read the story, but I'm just going to tell it to you. I'd like to just camp, but let me tell it to you. So basically, he's a prisoner. You think that feels good? No. Then he's traveling, going to Rome so he can be tried for something that he was doing right. Do you think that feels good? No. Then they were in port. And he says, the Holy Spirit basically lets him know this trip is not going to end well. Do not leave. And so he went to the captain of the ship. He said, this ain't going to go good. We need to stay here. Just sit through the winter, but we need to stay here. Do you think that? And then the, the captain goes, no, nope, we're going anyway. So now what's happened is they went. Sure enough, they get out there in the middle of the sea and here comes this tempest, this hurricane, and now they've been going through this hurricane for weeks because it's just circling that boat right in the middle of the hurricane. How they're still alive is a miracle in itself. Now, think about this. Y'all ever been in a situation where you told somebody, don't do that, it's about to mess up, and then they mess up and it causes you to be in the jam? Anybody ever seen that or been there? How does that make you feel towards that person? You just, you just love them. They're just so great, aren't they? This is church. Don't lie now. So 
how you think Paul's feeling. And then we get to this verse. Since neither sun nor stars appeared for many days. Think about this. Y'all ever had it rain at the house and it did it for a week straight? It did that a, a few weeks ago, but it was only like four or five days. For a week straight, it just rained. People all over Facebook, man, I wish this rain. And as soon as the sun did come out, what'd they say? God, so good to see the sun. Right? How, how you think they felt here? Since the sun nor stars appeared for many days. They couldn't see the sun. They couldn't see the stars. And it wasn't just raining on them. It's trying to swallow the boat. On a trip that he told them not to go on in the first place, while he's a prisoner, going to be tried for something he didn't do. What do you think Paul's feeling right here in the flesh? You think he's like tea cakes and roses? You think he's all happy? Is this situation probably you know, worse than the last one we went through that we felt so bad about? Is this kind of like maybe a worse situation? Sure, most, most every time. Since neither sun nor star appeared for many days and no small storm was assailing us, from then on, all hope of our being saved was gradually abandoned. What was the feeling of hope on that ship? There was none. There was no feeling of hope. And this shows us right here the way that the, the devil really attacks our hope. And you know, uh, I, I use this verse because it says all hope was gradually abandoned. So think about like uh, as soon as I read this and as I was studying a while back, the Lord really showed me like a grater where you grate cheese, right? And you take that big block of cheese. We don't do that anymore. We just go to Walmart and buy the shredded cheese now. But I used to, a long time ago, kids, there was this block of cheese and you had this grater and you would, you would actually grate the cheese. It was amazing. And uh, then you would grate it and every stroke, a little bit more of that cheese, would, that block would go down, 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 just like he tries to do on our hope, one thing at a time. He'd, if, he, if he asked you just to throw all your hope away at the beginning, you'd say no. But if he can just get somebody to call you with bad news and then something else to happen and then somebody talk about you and then, and then your, your boss have a bad day and be irritable, you know, or whatever, and he just grates and grates and grates on your hope and, it, and all of a sudden, all you have left is not much. And this is the way the devil works on your hope. He grates on it and grates on it. And gradually, people generally, if they don't know better, they will abandon all hope. This is the position that Paul finds himself in. He's visited by an angel, and he basically tells them, look, we're going to suffer some losses here in the ship and the cargo, but all the lives can be saved. And in that middle, he drew hope on God. And, and every life, there was not one life that was killed. Sometimes you, when you're not feeling any hope, when you're not feeling anything, you need to say, there's hope. There's hope. 
There's hope in God. No matter what it looks like, no matter what you've been through, you need to not just wear a t-shirt that says there's hope. Good job, man. Not, you, not, you need to not just walk by a sign that says there's hope. You need to let it become a part of you. You need to let hope become who you are, a part of your character, a part of your nature, a part of God, a part of God moving in this earth is you. It's you. God wants to move in this earth in the ways of hope and the only way that he moves that way is if you allow yourself to be moved by God when you don't feel like it. It's very rare that I feel so hopeful and then God comes in and goes, Go, son, woo, you know. And I'm like, yeah, hope. You know, that, that is so rare. Glass house. That's so rare. Most time it's like, I'm just happy to be standing still. You know, I get to come preach and I get to stand still for a few minutes. I don't even do that then. But a lot of times walking in, I'm not feeling like dispensing hope. But it doesn't matter what I feel like. It doesn't matter what you feel like. We are hope dealers. We deal hope to the world where there is no hope. Why do we do this? It's our responsibility. Look at this. Are, are we or are we not supposed to be Christ-like? Yeah, we are. Amen. I feel like that could be a little bit louder, amen. So let me ask you one more time. Are we or are we not supposed to be Christ-like? Amen. All right, let's go one more time. That was better, but I feel like you held back on me. Are we or are we not supposed to be Christ-like? Amen. amen. All right, just, hey, now that's putting on hope. It, it even feels better, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because you made a choice. You know, I might not feel like getting loud right now, but... I'm going to just go with them. You know, Pastor acts crazy sometimes. You know, just, just go with them. Right? Part of the reason why he acts crazy is because he knows how to get into hope. That's part of what it is. When you don't feel like it, you just put it on anyway. You, when you don't feel like it, you just go and read the word. When you don't feel like it, you get your praise on. You know? When you don't feel like it, you get on your knees. How many times, how, how many, this is so funny. Think about this now. How many times you've been in the middle of a situation, man, the devil's just been gradually beating you down, grading on you. How many people feel like praying right then? It's like you know you should pray. You know you should turn on some praise music. You know you should go get in the Word, but you're like, mm, I don't want to do that right now. Mm, 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 nope. Isn't that the truth? Why, why is that? I mean, who's going to tell us to not get in the Word and not go to our loving Father in prayer and praise? Who's going to be doing that? And we just fall right into his trap. We're like, mm, I'm going to go click, click, watch TV. I'm going to just go do anything else but go do what I really need to do to come out of this. Because I'm mad at them. Mm. <laughs> We have to watch that, how we feel, and move into that. We, we, we need to put on hope. God has called us to be Christ-like, and being Christ-like is being hopeful. Why? First Timothy, where we were at there a while ago, 
just giving you long enough to let your Bible close back and have to go find it again. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1 says that Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, according to the commandment of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus, Christ Jesus, Christ Jesus, who is our hope? Hope is what he is. If we're to be Christ-like, then we're going to be hope. We're going to be hope. Hope, a joyful confident expectation we've already talked about that the world says well I hope you get to feeling better and really what they're saying is I wish you would 50% chance you might maybe 50 this way 50 that way I hope it falls your way it's really luck it's the way the world talks about it but when the Bible talks about it it's joy it's confidence it's expectation that's who Christ is Christ is joy Christ is confidence Christ is an expectation. And if we are going to be Christ-like, then we are going to be hope. We are going to be a people, not just sometimes joy. Joy, confident, expectant. Doesn't mean stuff doesn't happen to you. Doesn't mean you're not swallowed up in a storm at times. It's that that same hope that the devil's after, when you put it on, the devil can't stop you from coming out. Did you hear that? The same thing he's after, when you put it on, he can't stop you from coming out of that storm because that's the hope of God. Romans 15, 13 says this, we have a responsibility to hope because hope is God. God is hope. Hope is Christ-like. Christ is hope. Romans 15, 13, this has been our key verse the whole time, says this, now, may the God of hope, it's who he is. And now let's see what his will is. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Now, you think it's just coincidence that he describes God as the God of hope when he connects it to joy and peace? No, no, no. Hope and your joy and peace go together. And when we receive him as hope, when we don't feel like receiving him, but we receive him anyway, now we're opening up the door for joy and peace to come into our lives. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that, what's the end game here? So that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is not going to be a normal, natural thing. This thing's supernatural. It's by the Holy Spirit. When you open up yourself to hope, you are allowing the Holy Spirit to supernaturally come into your life and bring about a supernatural resolution, a supernatural solution. How many of y'all, if you could handle the problem by yourself, you probably wouldn't be here? If we could handle it all by ourselves without a supernatural Jesus, without a supernatural hope, then we really probably wouldn't be here honestly, if we we're honest with ourselves. But we can't. We've tried to fix our own problem. Generally, it's after we've tried and we've tried and we've tried with the natural solution. That's when we give it over to Jesus and say, Will you help me fix it? And if we'd have done that from the beginning, we wouldn't have been trying for so long. But see, 
we have a responsibility to hope. And, and the first reason is because hope is Christ-like. Hope is like God. Hope is like Jesus. Jesus is hope. God is hope. And through the Holy Spirit, he empowers you to be hope. Amen? Number two, hope is a command. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Hebrews 10, verse 23, says this, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he is promised, he who promised is faithful. In other words, the confession of our hope is, what's the confession of our hope? Well, it's talking about eternal salvation, but there's also a principle here that we are not to let go of hope. In other words, the confession of our hope is that I'm in joy, I'm in confidence, and I'm in expectation that something good is what God's going to be up to, and He's going to bring it to pass. That's my hope. And he says, hold on to it. Hold fast to it. Don't let that thing go. Don't let the devil grate on you and, and let that hope, hope all of a sudden slip out of your hand. Grab a hold of that thing. Make it yours and don't let go. Hold fast to your hope. Hold fast to that confession of hope. Hold on to it. This is a command to us. Don't let go of your hope. Don't let go of it. Look at this in 1 Corinthians now, 13, 4. This is the chapter that's talking about love. And, and in 1 Corinthians 13, 4, it says, Love is, and then it goes on to define love, what love is. And it goes on for a while. Now, let me ask you this question before we go any further. Are we commanded to love? Absolutely. Why are we commanded to love? Because God's love. We're commanded to be like Him. He told us this is, this is what it's all about. The royal law of love is, is how it's put. Love one another. Love your brother as yourself. Love each other. Love. Right here, so what he's about to describe, love is, and, the, and all these things that love does. This is not just something that's like a good, yeah, that's a good list. Hey, I like it. You know, it's, that's not what it is. Jesse came on me. Jesse Duplantis, he's always doing the mafia talk. So anyway, love, love does these things. We become these things. We don't just look at them and say, this is a good idea. No, 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 no. We move into this. This becomes a part of who we are. We become love in God. For us to look at this list and say, well, maybe one day I'll get there, that is very irresponsible. And we have a responsibility to hope, but one of the ways we do it is we have a responsibility to love. So let's look at what love is and it talks about love is patient, love is kind. It goes on, it says it's not jealous, 
Love does not brag. It's not arrogant. So you notice that hope is confidence, but love is not arrogant. So you can have uh, two different things there. One is arrogance. One is confidence. There's a confidence in God that's not arrogant. It's just confidence. You know that he is true. And you know that he's going to come through for you. That's hope. Love does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It's not provoked. It does not take into account a wrong suffered. Moving into verse 6. Does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Bears all things. This is what love does. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. How would you like to never fail? Just get in love. You can't. In love, if we take Jesus by the hand, he always leads us to triumph. We cannot fail. But a part of love is that it hopes all things. And we are commanded to love. We are commanded to be hopeful in all things, to be hopeful in all situations. What does that mean? That means what is hope? Joy, confidence, expectation. That means in all things, in every situation, I should be joyful. Now see, how many of us have honestly been that since we've been a Christian? None of us. None of us. How many have been that since we've been in church today? Let's not answer that. All right. So how, how many of us have really been joyful all the time in every situation? No. And, and if we haven't been joyful, then what have we not been? Hope. And if we haven't been hopeful, then what else have we not been? Love. And here's the other thing. Hope has joy in all things. Love has joy in all things. Hope also has confidence in all things. So that means even when you see the, the deepest and most dire circumstances, right in the middle of that, have we been confident? No. Can we be confident? Yes. That's what hope does. We should, and matter of fact, we should be. We should be joyful, we should be confident, and we should have expectations towards the promises and the character of God no matter what we see, no matter what we feel, no matter what we think. I got so much joy and confidence and expectation that God is going to come through for me. God, is, God will come through for you. This, see, all of a sudden, and now we're starting to get into the last part of this. Hope is Christ-like. Hope is a command. We have a responsibility. Hope, here's the last part, it's contagious. 1 Peter chapter 3. Hebrews, go right. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 14. It says, but even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. 
Even if you suffer, you're blessed. If you suffer for the sake of righteousness, should we lose love in that moment? No. Then, should we lose hope in that moment? No. Then, should we lose our joy? No. Should we lose our confidence? No. Should we lose our expectation that God is going to work all things together for good? Should we lose our expectation that every one of his promises are yes and so be it? No. Should we lose our hope no matter what we see? No. But even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. And do not fear them, uh, their intimidation, and do not be troubled, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. Sanctify him. In other words, set him apart in your heart. Learn to discern the difference between what's happening in the world and what God has done in you and what he wants to do through you. Learn how to set him apart from the things that are happening. This may be happening all around me, but there's something different that's already happened on the inside of me. There's something different that's happened on the inside of me. And I, that gives me hope. God's done something in this, this guy right here. He might not have done it in you, but he's done something in this person. Let this be you. God's done something in me. God's, there's some, you know, this may be happening out here, but there's something big has happened when I accepted Jesus as my Savior. And let that part rise up and over uh, supersede what's going on around you. Because what's inside of you is greater than what's outside of you. Amen? And then he says this, Sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense. To, this is interesting. To everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. So in other words, when I wake up to the fact that what's going on around me has, has nothing to do and will never overpower what has happened on the inside of me, there's something that's produced inside of me called hope, and it will spring up and it will start to shine out of me, and people will see it, and they'll see it enough. Well, they will start to ask you, why are you hopeful? Don't you see what's going on around us? Why do you have hope? Don't you see how bad it is? How can you have joy? Don't you see what a deep hole we're in? Where's this confidence coming from? Don't you see there? I can't see a light at the end of the tunnel? Why do you have expectations? See, our hope preaches, and our hope is contagious. One of the main reasons the devil wants to steal your hope is because when you start walking in hope, all of a sudden, it starts jumping on other people. Your hope starts catching fire, and all of a sudden, that hope starts burning, and, and, the, and the, the sparks start to catch in other people. And before you know it, you've got a whole people full of hope, and the devil, remember, what's inside of us 
when we look to what's happened with Christ on the inside of us and we allow hope to rise up in us, it cannot, he can't hold us back by the things going on outside of us anymore. He can't stop it. He wants to stop it, so he tries to grate on you and grate on you. And one phone call or one a negative comment or a negative thought or, or he'll tell you about, well, that's not going to happen. You know, the doctor said it was real bad. I know your preacher said he believes in healing, but, you know, when's the last time you saw that? Well, we see it all the time, but, you know, it's when's the last time you've experienced it? See, and what he does is, what's he after? He's after the hope. Why? Because your hope is what will break you loose. Your hope is what will catch others on fire. Your hope is an answer that the world is looking for. Your hope is contagious. Romans 12, 1 and 2, as we wrap up, says this. It says, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Now listen here. That presenting my body as a living sacrifice means when I'm in this place and I'm feeling, remember what we talked about earlier, I don't feel like praying. I don't want to praise. I don't want to get in my Bible. When you're feeling like that, but that's the one thing where that's going to help break you free, right? When you're feeling all of those things, that's when we say, but I'm not going to do what I want to do. I'm going to do what Jesus wants me to do. Jesus, here is my life as a sacrifice to you, but I'm not dead. I'm giving myself as living to you, holy and acceptable unto God, not what I think is right. I'm giving to you based on what you have said is right. So now I present myself. All right, the darkness is surrounding me. I've been in this storm for weeks now, and, and it looks like it just stinks. My hope wants to leave me. The devil's grating on me, and no matter what, and I don't feel like getting hopeful. I don't feel like believing in you, but this life is not mine. This life is yours. And so no matter what I feel like, no matter what thoughts I've had, I present myself to you right now. And I present myself to not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of my mind. In this case, the renewing of my hope. Lord, renew my hope. Matter of fact, I'm asking you to do that, but I know that you will strengthen me to put hope on. So right now, and just imagine, I'm putting hope on right now. I am cloaked in hope. And where I was not joyful, now I put on joy. I, I might not feel like dancing, so it might just start out like this, you know. But I'm going to let go. I'm going to let go. I'm going to get a little loose. Woo I'm going to get a little loose. I'm going to let joy come out. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit start to flow, build up a confidence in me. And then all of a sudden, my hole that I've been in, it doesn't look so dark. It doesn't look so deep. Matter of fact, you made me a whole lot of promises about being delivered from the evil one. Matter of fact, you said every fiery dart would be quenched, including this one. No evil shall befall me, including this one. And then all of a sudden, I'm going to get in expectation of every promise and the character of God, the love of God, and I'm going to let that hope shine out of me. Amen. And this is what he says. 
present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. This is worship. And do not be conformed to the world that would tell you, don't, put, don't get your hopes up, that would tell you, you've got no reason to be happy. Be sad. It's bad. That's what the news media is saying every night right now. Sitting, you know, 6 p.m. news. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is. That which is good and acceptable and perfect. In other words, I start giving myself to hope. Hope starts rising up. You start seeing that hope. Enough where you might even be asking me questions about it. And I, I, need to have, I need to be ready to give an answer because my hope is going to preach. And all of a sudden, but I start living out hope. And you start seeing, you know, people start seeing that's been in that hole and in that ditch with me. All of a sudden, they start seeing me lift out of this thing. They start seeing you lift out of this thing by hope. And all of a sudden, they say, Man, if that's God, I want it. I think they just proved that God is alive. I think they just proved that God's will for me is good. They're going right out of this situation. Wait, I don't, hold, hold up, don't go yet. Show me how to get out too. And all of a sudden our hope is contagious. And they say, I want out too. How do I do that? Well, Jesus is our hope. Jesus is my hope. He's the God of hope who wants to fill me and make me abound with hope and have peace and joy and believe. This is who God is. You can have it too. It's not just for me you want it yes yes and then it becomes an acceptable year of the Lord and they're ready it's their year to accept him it's their time to accept him and it all comes back to hope so as we wrap up we've used this verse every week 1st Corinthians 13 verse 12 and 15 but this is in the message and you might not have that translation, so just listen to this. Close your eyes. Let, it, let this sink into you. We don't yet see things clearly. We're squinting in a fog, peering through a mist. But it won't be long before the weather clears and the sun shines bright. We'll see it all then. See it all as clearly as God sees us, knowing him directly just as he knows us. But for right now, until that completeness, we have three things to do. To lead us forward toward, to lead us towards that consummation. Number one, trust steadily in God. Trust. See, this is committing our mind. This is renewing our mind to who God really is. Is that in spite of everything we see or feel, we put our trust in God, not in what we see and feel. We put our trust in God over what we've been told. We put our trust in God over anything. Our trust goes to God. Part one, trust steadily in God. Two, love Excuse me. Hope unswervingly. Don't, don't let your hope go one way one day and the other way the next. But let it be straight and pure 
hoping in God, joyful, confident expectation. And part three, love extravagantly. Trust steadily, hope unswervingly, love extravagantly. And I give that to you again this morning. Take this into this afternoon. Take it into your week. Take it into uh, every day of the rest of your life. Trust steadily, hope unswervingly, and love extravagantly. There is hope. No matter who you are or where you are, there's hope because God is alive and he loves you. And if he's alive and he loves you, there's hope for you because God is the God of hope. Now make a choice today to put it on and never let it go. Lord, I just ask you right now that you would bless each person, that you would give them and show them more and more of your hope, that your hope would become so evident, Lord, that they cannot deny it anymore. Lord, I just ask that their heart would be so ready to receive your hope that as soon as you begin to mention it, their heart leaps out and grabs a hold of it by faith and makes it their own. Hope be in each person now. Hope rise up. And we just praise you for it. Lord, I know what your hope does. Your hope breaks those bondages that the devil tries to put people in. And it sets the captive free. Hope be now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. Have a great, great day.